My hat, my hat, my hat. They're dancing around my hat. My hat, my hat, my hat. Well, what do you think of that? If it looks like a Mexican hat dance and it sounds like a Mexican hat dance, it's most likely a Mexican hat dance. So take off your hat and let's dance. Yay! Oh, my God. We, why don't we just call that as the end of the show? Hello and welcome to Dork Addendum 8. I'm Jackie Cation. I do the Dork Forest at dorkforest.com and jackiecation.com and all that. This is an addendum where I read your uh, letters, which I'm still in 2012, because I'm trying to catch up, you guys. And then uh, and then I talk about what dorky thing I've been doing since the last Dork Addendum, which was, I think, number seven. So this is number eight. Uh, let's get to the letters. Allison Whipple, in, dis- in October of 2012, wrote to me, After spending most of the year unemployed, I now have a job that, while uninspiring and unfulfilling, is allowing me to eat and pay back my student loans, so I'm pretty much just trying to be grateful. I have never been much of a podcast person, but since taking this job, The Dork Forest has been my primary listening material to stave off the tedium. I was listening to episode 123 this past Friday, where you mentioned the most disgusting romance novel you have ever read. While I don't doubt that it could be horrible... I can assure you that there are far more vile romance novels out there with much worse writing. In fact, I spent a year working at a horrible smut publisher in Austin where I was an editor and read some truly heinous manuscripts, both in terms of content and writing quality. In fact, I would probably beg you to do a Skype show with me, except that one, that's not my dorkdom, that's just how I made money for a year before quitting. And two, I'm kind of afraid that if I did such a show, my former employer would find out and sue me, though I highly doubt that they listen to The Dork Forest. That's right. That's right, Allison Whipple, because they don't know good podcasting. Uh, that is the greatest uh, paragraph in the world. Um, yeah, and then there's a couple more. Considering I'm a big fan of your stand-up, it feels weird that the first time I email you is when I'm attempting to offer a rebuttal to the worst romance novel ever. But there you have it. I really just had to share the horror of what is out there in the publishing world. I enjoyed talking to you briefly when you were in Austin this summer. I hope to get to see you perform again sometime soon. Cheers, Allison Whipple. Uh, yeah, I have to say, I am coming back to, to Austin. I think it's in March and of 2015. And I know that there's worse, worse ones out there. I just couldn't. I just, I know the ones that I pick are usually not that bad. Like Fifty Shades of Grey. Some people like it. It is not for me. Too much hitting. So I enjoyed that letter a great deal. Let's, then what happened? 10, 28, 12. I got a message from Cynthia. Jay, I didn't realize that I too live in the dork forest and have raised three kids there. Interested in a list of your favorite YA books. I like magical with a historical flair. Spaceship included. Bonus. P.S. I am an old dork, saw the original Star Trek, and I still love Green Girls. Well, Cynthia, from October of 2012, young adult, there's so many. I'll tell you what I'm not enjoying right now is I tried to read, there's all these um, young adult romance novels, I guess, that are based, someone gave me, he's got cancer, they both have cancer, and they're going to fall in love. I stopped reading it almost immediately. I can't remember the name of it. <laughs> I would go old school with why young adult. There's plenty of uh, stuff that's that could be considered young adult that is just older, you know, like all those Anne McCaffrey Dragon Riders of Pern books, super fun. All of Lois McMaster Bujold, there those can't be any darker than the current batch of YA. 
I enjoyed the Hunger Games. That was good times. Harry Potter, of course, always good. Hobbit, always good. Classics, I guess, is what I'd say. And uh, as always, I recommend Ready Player One, especially if you're an old dork. You saw the original Star Trek. You would like Ready Player One. And I finished Red Shirts, so that was super fun, too, even though I didn't read the codas. And I was told by a friend of the show, stand-up comic Tommy Ryman, that I haven't finished Red Shirts because I haven't read the codas. So I got to read the codas. All right. Next up, 1028 as well, 2012, Laura, Laura Fortis. I attended the YMC fundraiser and enjoyed your act immensely. Oops. Uh, this is not a, this is just a fan letter to my stand-up comedy. So good for her. Um, so let's see. How about this from the website? Cynthia again. Thanks for the book list. Oh, I must have sent her a book list. P.S. I took the power of suggestion and sent you two bucks. Start it. Start asking for three, she says. I probably would have sent that if you asked. I am brand new to the forest, enjoying all my new friends. Cynthia. Oh, I think I, uh, you had to send me two bucks, two or three bucks if you wanted a patch back in the day when I had patches. Quiet Mike listened to the Sue Costello episode, episode 143, and wrote me in October of 2012. Jackie, I felt so uplifted after listening to this, the Sue Costello episode. I'm obviously a guy who taught, who was taught to treat everyone nicer than sometimes you are treated. I've walked away from so much money because most people are just dicks. I expressly like to treat all women nice because most guys are just cunts. Just saying, quiet, Mike. Well, thank you, Mike. Uh, <laughs> uh, that can be true. And you are a, a genuinely good dude. So I'm psyched, uh, I'm psyched that you're still treating people nice and yet have the wherewithal to be funny about it. Good for you. Someone named Abade, Obade, O-B-A-I-D. And this is from November of 2012. Hey, you guys, we're getting close to the end of 2012. Dear Jackie, I hope this mail of mine finds you all fine and well. I'm a big fan of yours and your comedy. You are a magician of a writer and a true jokesmith. I love the great, pleasant ambiance that you are so awesomely created with your wonderful jokes. You're making the world a better place with your ever supply of laughter and comedy. Uh, there we go. They, oh, he just wants an autographed DVD. Oh, well, yes, attainable gold. Oh, and he lives in Bangladesh. Hopefully this all worked out. I pray to God that I sent a DVD to Obaidur Rahman in Bangladesh. And if I didn't, in 2012, and you're still listening to The Dork Forest, I'm sorry if I didn't. Email me again, Jackie at JackieCation.com. Tyson Maine. Yes, he's going to come see me in Kirkland, Washington at Laughs tomorrow night. Yeah, I had to cancel my Kirkland, and then I haven't rebooked it, though I have booked Tacoma in the upcoming months here in 2015. But this is from uh, November of 2012 as well, from Tyson, Maine. Glad you like the show, uh, and please come back, he says. Well, I'm going to, and I've been back since 2012, so sorry. Hopefully I responded to this email. Also November, John Wendler. Dear Jackie, I just started listening to your podcast and now I'm on my sixth episode in two days. Wow, it's so good. I'm amazed at how in-depth you get with your guests and how much solid information you pack in. Of course, you're hilarious as well. You ask exactly the right questions. I get in such a disarmingly casual way. It's informative as anything on NPR, if not more so, but I listen more closely because it's fun. Anyway, thanks again. Well, thank you, John, in Chicago so much. I'm glad you are enjoying the show. I hope you are still three years later, John Wendler. Gloria Young writes, 
also in, in November of 2012. Hi, Jackie. I just finished filming a web series and I'm in the beginning stages of the next one. Uh, paranormal research. I'm wondering if this is just a real letter or whatever. Um, oh, yeah, she wants me to be on her paranormal thing. Uh, well, let me tell you, Gloria Young from 2012, if there's a way that you can get in touch with Karen Rontowski, who is just, I think, at Rontowski on Twitter, you should do that because she loves loves the ghosts. She did an episode of The Dork Forest about ghosts. James Falkson writes, also in November of 12, Hi, Jackie. Like your podcast, listening to the Lindy West episode as I type. Don't like the hat dance very much, but think it is neat when you say the end of the show and it's cut off before the W has a chance to finish. <laughs> I noticed that. I fix it a little bit on these dork addendums. I, I called it from the actual episode that he sang that, which is episode one of the pre-recorded when Mike Rickberg sings the Mexican hat dance. So I remember getting this email because... <laughs> This is from 2012. I am 71. I live in Southwest Missouri, a retired systems programmer. You, I read sci-fi. I don't like most fantasy other than Piers Anthony. I don't game very much, unless you consider spider solitaire gaming. By the way, went to a new neurologist today named Roger Oglakian. Yep, an Armenian. Keep up the good work, Jim. Well, Jim, James Folkson of Southwest Missouri, thank you for writing. Wow. And then he, he emailed me again. He downloaded a bunch of Never Not Funny episodes, he's telling me. Well, good for him. 71. This guy is figuring some stuff out. Good for you. I hope you are still with us, sir. 71. Not old anymore. Uh, 91, I think, is uh, old now. Jamie Jones writes, Your TDF podcast with Sue Costello was amazing. When you said, I don't want to be called a bitch, but I don't want to live my life in fear of being called a bitch, it jerked me out of whatever work I was doing at the time, and I said out loud, Yes, exactly what she said. That whole episode is awesome. I work at a small town library, and as a woman, even there I get treated like shit sometimes. Just because I have girl parts. It sucks. That episode really made my day, because you both talk so intelligently about how it is being a woman without sounding bitter. Anyway, thanks for the good work you do. Well, Jamie Jones, uh, cool. And that episode with Sarah Sue Costello, if you haven't listened to it, it is a really great episode. Uh, I got a message from someone, Happy Love 39, Mayor. And all that message said was, hi. Well, hi back. Um, Michael Cabling writes to me about the television program Dexter, which must have come up in November of 2012. I'm almost caught up in the dork forest after my trip to Massachusetts. I wouldn't want to miss one. And podcasting improves on radio in that I can download a past episode rather than having to warp out into space and get ahead of the electromagnetic wavefront to listen to live. What are you talking about? <laughs> oh, the podcasts are downloadable. Your mention of the TV series Dexter has triggered this letter. I had to stop watching Dexter somewhere in the first season because I found it too disturbing. When a peek at an episode guide revealed that in an upcoming episode, Dexter murders an innocent man because his meticulous planning has reached a point of no return before innocence had been established. I pulled the plug. What creeps me out, what creeps you out about Dexter? Is it more than the mood? No. Let me tell you, Michael, it is exactly what you just said. He is, it isn't great. Oh my God, we're already at 11 minutes. I was supposed to read for half and dork out for half. Well, maybe I'll, maybe this will be a longer one because I want to get through. I would love to get to 2013, you guys. Maybe this is all just letters. Susan, 
2012. Just saw you on an episode of Stand Up in Stilettos. I really enjoyed your act and wondered why your agent doesn't book you to do sci-fi conventions. I think you'd be a big hit. Thanks for the laugh. Well, because I don't have an agent, and I book myself uh, to do some sci-fi conventions, though not a lot. Kitty O'Neill writes, Just wanted to say I love seeing you Saturday at the Silver Legacy in Reno when you opened for Dennis Miller. You were hilarious. I am big into listening to podcasts, so I just subscribed to yours and listened to the one with the guys who wrote the movie Sex Drive. Such a good interview. All right. Well, thank you. Dean Bergen writes to me, there are a lot of misunderstanding with Mr. Branham's information about Canada. Canada. Oh, this is a response to Guy Branham talking about Canada. Uh, Dean Bergen, I take it you are Canadian. You have written me five letters about Canada. Um, he appreciates the thought, and he would like uh, me to quote at Guy Branham. Uh, in the words of John Stewart, Canadians are consistently asking me what Americans think of them, and I always answer truthfully, we don't. Fair enough, Dean of Canada. John Odelin, one of the OG listeners from uh, back in the blog talk days, happy Thanksgiving. Well, thank you. Yes, thank you, John Odelin. Found two bugs on the episode on the website. Okay. Mark Anderson wrote in at the end of November, on a totally separate note, Jackie, just wanted to share a major catharsis inspired by your TDF with Guy Branham. Either he or you said in the podcast a sentence that rang true. Like you wouldn't believe. I'm thinking every child growing up in the Midwest should be forced to memorize this sentence, maybe as an add-on to the Pledge of Allegiance or something, the Midwestern Pledge of Allegiance, codicile, with liberty and justice for all. Oh, and by the way, children are the Mexicans of the Midwest. So true. Oh, my, that had to be Guy Branham who said that, Mark Anderson, because that sounds like something he would say. Oh my God, I am embarrassed to this day to admit how piss poor the pay on my first steady job was. When I was in junior high school, living in South Minneapolis, I babysat for some neighbors, and these neighbors and my parents, who sometimes had me babysit my little brother, paid the same princely babysitting rate of, wait for it, a dollar an hour. In the neighbor's case, it was not exactly sit around and watch TV work either. Talk about two preschool, early grade school aged boys who were both little handfuls. These wages were paid out to an all-too-eager youth in the early 80s. Early 80s! And the worst part is at the time, I thought I was raking in the serious Benjamins. Burns me just to type the words out. Anyway, thank you, and please thank Guy, Guy for putting into words that little rule of thumb. A helpful way for this transplanted Midwesterner to process the often wonderful, but sometimes wonderfully fucked up, state I called home for 12 formative years of my life. Class action suit, anyone? Mark. All right, Mark Anderson. <laughs> That's hilarious. Well, Greg Marsh writes, in December of 2012, maybe I'll do that next time. We'll do the last month of 2012 on Dork Addendum 9, but this is Dork Addendum 8, and so I guess I'll tell you what I've been doing. Andy came with me. We went and saw Hedwig and the Angry Inch. Yes, we did, with James Cameron Mitchell, the guy who wrote it, and it was amazing. I had never seen the movie. I had never seen the play. I'd never even heard the music. But now I will purchase the soundtrack and sing along. My favorite line in Hedwig and the Angry Inch, and I don't know if it's in every iteration, but um, it was, I'm pronoid. I have a feeling that everyone is on my side. <laughs> I paraphrase because I can't remember the exact line. Hedwig and the Angry Inch, it was so fun. And then Andy and I went to the Met because Andy's an art guy. And so we went and looked at art 
We looked at morning clothes, M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G, morning clothes at the Met, fashion from uh, 1800 to 1920 or something. And it was mostly how ladies would dress when someone died and how it went out of fashion. And uh, many of the historical romances I've read in my life, there's always someone in mourning. And it's a great way <laughs> for guys to know who's been laid before. No. And is now available. I kid. And then we saw, um, hmm, I think we went to that. We went to the, to, we went out to eat a lot. We wandered around New York a fair amount. And we stayed right by Union Square where I bought a chicken at the Union Square Farmer's Market. Here's what I'd say about uh, farmer's markets that are a half a block from Whole Foods. You might not want to sell a frozen chicken that has a date on it from September of 2014 when I'm buying it in January of 2015. It could have been flash frozen and the chicken itself was fine, but I could have walked over to Whole Foods and bought a chicken that was killed in the last week and a half and never frozen. Perfectly good chicken, by the way. Here's the other thing about that, that farmer's market chicken. I had to finish plucking it. All the pin feathers were still in it. I don't want to spend $15 on a chicken. And then have to pick, uh, take the pin feathers out. If that's the worst thing that's happened to me, I, that's a win. I finished reading red shirts except for the coda, which doesn't count, of course. Now I've got to go back and finish the codas, according to Tommy Ryman. And I finished the wilder years, which is Wendy McClure's, like she visited all of the little house on the prairie homesteads. And, uh, she, she gave me that book in Chicago. She came up to me after a show in Chicago. And she wants to be on the dork for us talking about Little House on the Prairie. And I was like, yes. And I think that was last summer, though, because I've had that book for a while. I have a large stack of books to read. So I haven't started the new book yet. But those are the dorky things that I have done this week. And we can all look forward to the next Dork Addendum. And thank you so much for listening to Dork Forest. Remember, Patrick Brady does not do the audio on these. So any audio problems, all me, all the time. Next time, 2012, December.